Hey man, hello and welcome to Relax Mail. All right, so if you're here on this, uh, picking up on this on episode 30 here, I actually recommend you go back one episode and hit up uh, relaxedmail.com forward slash uh, 29 because what you're going to be listening to on episode 30 is actually the second half of a two part episode. This uh, is both of them are a lot longer than what they needed, uh, what they're typically not than what they're needed. They I talked to for what needed to be talked about, but we're talking about the man box and the man and what it means and how the perceptions of the man box are inherently and completely totally wrong. And so to do that, you to get the full understanding, I recommend you go to uh, go to the previous uh, episode episode 29 and start from there because you'll p- pretty much pick up what i'm talking about on here also but it's more details and and a better understanding all right so but if you're uh, if you're heard the tw- episode 29 and you're ready for episode 30 guys buckle up because this is another hour-long episode all right so let's get started Hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail, a podcast that helps men change their relationship with themselves. I am your host, Brian, and I am a men's life and mindset coach who is here to help you understand that you don't have to suffer at your own expense. You can live your dream, and I encourage you to set, then pursue your goals. So join me as I change the mindset and attitudes of men so that they can be the leaders of their families and their destinies. So there's... We all know that there is nothing wrong with knowing a gay guy. Heck, I, I used to have a, a, a had a friend. He passed away a couple several years ago, but was he was gay? And I mean, you wanted to. He he taught me quite a bit about if you wanted to find uh, some of the good looking straight women, go to a gay bar, dude. If you're if you're a single guy and you want to and you want to find find the uh, the the good looking straight women. They they go to gay bars because they you know, they don't want to have to deal with the constant onslaught of, of guys hitting on them. And with that, that kind of works into the hypersexuality. Real man should have many sexual partners as he can. Again, twenty six percent say no, no. That's and that's. And, and also, real men should never say no to sex. Again, 28%. No, they don't agree with that, that statement at all. Real men, as they put in quotes, are we men as whole? Do we like sex? Well, yeah, yeah, we, we do. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the fact that we have, you know, we have that, have testosterone, a lot more testosterone than women flowing through our system. And that's kind of the main drive for, Hey, let's, let's get it on. Let's get it on. Hey, hey, hello. That's why whenever young men, when they start to uh, hit puberty, they're just walking around, walk around with the big notebooks in front of their crotch because their body is just an overdose uh, of testosterone. They spend, you know, 30 hours a day in, in the bathroom. They, they are, they, Men 
have sex or want to have sex a, a lot more than what women do. And it's, it's not that women don't like sex, but it's, it's because we just, ha- I mean, as a, as a guy, we, we take sex to mean something a lot more different than what we take, uh, than what I think, I believe that, uh, that women take sex to be men view sex as a means of being accepted by their wives and by their girlfriends. Yeah. There's times where in today's society and I'm pointing to society in general, I know, but when it comes to, it comes to sex, that's what they, it's been okay. It's been all right. It's just like, Hey, let you know, got to the one night stand. Let's uh, meet a chick at the, uh, at the bar and let's go and go banger. And that's, not that happens, yes, but at the same time, a lot of times the women that those guys pick up are out for the very same thing. So it's not just a hypersexuality uh, type of instance that's only on men. Women have uh, been hypersexualized in the, in the recent uh, recent decades. Rural man should never say no to sex. No, you get married, you you learn real quick. You better say no to sex, or you're going to end up losing parts of your body, and you don't want to lose those parts of your body because, well, we like that part of our body. It's what defines us as being a guy. If we don't have that, then you know we're basically going to end up, you know, looking funny. We're going to look like a Ken doll. So, when it comes to comes to sex, like I said, men, sex to men is a part of emotional is an emotional acceptance that we have. And in all reality, it's also uh, uh, emotionally, it's an emotional thing for, for women too. Uh, ever have a, if you ever have a problem getting it up one, one uh, time, watch your wife or your girlfriend beat herself up thinking that it's her problem because you weren't turned on. Though in all reality, it, there might be something that there's a thought that was going through your head that is just killing any sense of the mood. It may just be that you're, you had, uh, a, uh, you had your boss say something that, and it's just eaten at you. Well, having your boss in your head and trying to have sex at the same time, you can't, it's not going to happen because, well, you've got your boss in your head. You don't want your boss in your head while you're, trying to be aroused you can't it's it almost physically impossible to to do that uh you may have had a uh, an argument with your wife you know the day before and she said something and that's replaying in your head while while you're seeing her you're still letting that emotional problem uh kick around in your in your skull and if you've got an animosity towards uh, some type of of animosity or or feeling of being unjustly accused of something by the person who you love, you're not going to want to have sex with them. So there's a lot of, of times that guys aren't hypersexual. And we know, like I said, we know that we're going to say, say, have to say no to sex and we're okay with it because we have someone that we can come go back to who will give us the encouragement and the, and the positive affirmation of us being good proper men living at uh, living at our house so men are not quite as hypersexual though we 
do like to look boobs a lot. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, come on, the sound, it's what we like, unless you're a gay man. And then, you know, you, actually, I know, honestly, I know the several of the game, and especially my friend who passed Freddie, he, uh, he would comment on, on women's breasts all the day, all day long. I think a lot of times I think gay men like boobs more than straight men sometimes. So it's, there's, there's, no defined line on on any of that. So, but anyhow, now let's go on to pillar seven because, well, we're talking sex and it's just, anyhow. Pillar seven, aggression and control. Men should use violence to get respect if necessary. Well, obviously that being the lowest one of 23%, the answer is no. We don't need to use aggression or control to get respect. And I've talked about this and... Last week on, on the, uh, as a blog post, we're talking about, uh, respect and, and things of that, uh, of that nature. Violence and losing your cool is the worst way to gain respect. And now there are those emotionally immature men, which are the 23%, who will blow their top at the slightest, at the slightest case. And those guys, none of those guys actually have respect. They have fear. They're mistaking fear and aggression, uh, fear of aggression as being respect. And that's the farthest from the truth. You're, you're not being a respectable man because you have everybody afraid of you, of you blowing your top. If you're walking around like a, a crate of, uh, of T, of nitroglycerin. You're not, they're, they're not respecting you. They're afraid of you. Men should always have the final say about decisions in a, in a relationship. Really try that. Try saying, and I'm my word. That's my final word. I'm putting my foot down and watch what your wife does. And that's probably also the reason why 34% only, only 34% agreed. I bet you those 34% were probably unmarried men. First time you try that, you probably get a frozen chicken upside your head and you quickly realize, oh, yeah. Not to mention, have you ever, I have, pay attention to anybody, especially if you're married and even the older, if, uh, even the older, uh, couples, you may have the most manliest granddad around. He may be the roughest, toughest cowboy. He goes out and even at, uh, at 72, he may still be able to throw a calf onto the ground to get it and hold it down while he brands it. Maybe he does, he does it the old fashioned way, but you watch what he does when he gets up to the house, especially if he knows that today is mopping day. You don't, you don't walk into the house with you, with your dirty, nasty boots on, especially if grandma just got finished mopping the floor. Now, are you going to have disagreements as to, uh, as to the, to the route as to how you're going to achieve a particular set of goals? Oh, yeah. And that's what discussions are about. That's why sometimes those discussions may get a little bit heated because they are, you may see something one way and the wife is going to see something a, a different way. But the funny thing is, is that y'all both are seeing the same objective and yeah, Depending on what type of, of, of emotional maturity you have, you may say, you may want to try the, the, and this is my final word, but
But you're going, if you have a, 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 if you're mature enough emotionally, you will come to a solution. You won't, may not like the solution and she's not going to, may not like the solution, but you will be able to find a solution. And that's part of marriage. That's part of getting, of any relationship. You're going to have to give and take. And most, and that, when I say most, that is excluding the 34% know that. I'm going, I'm too good looking for math, so I'm not going to even try it. Uh, if a guy or girlfriend has a uh, wife, he deserves to know where they are at all the time. Well, no, but I know a lot of women who are do, who are the, the exact same way. Now they say that 46% said that they agree. Okay. And that makes me wonder what do they mean by know where they are all the time? Are, is that meaning keeping tabs on somebody? Like, well, you said you were going to go to the, go to the, uh, to the hair salon and then you were going to go get groceries. Why do you have a McDonald's cup in your hand? There may be those types of guys, but those types of guys are few and far between. And those are guys who are incredibly insecure about themselves and are the ones who, you know, a guy looks in at his wife's general direction. Not even directly at her and he throws, goes into a fit of jealousy. Those are the emotionally insecure guys that are, that often result, uh, uh digress into, uh, into using physical violence to get their way. They, they take control in a tyrannical form. And those are the guys who they don't fit. They, they're not real men when they are, act like little boys and want to punch somebody because they don't get the way. But if a normal guy would like to know that his, where his wife, I, there's been several times I've come home and go, Hey, and called her up. Hey, sweets, what, where are you hiding at? And it's just because you want to make sure that she's okay. You don't, we do have fears that our wife may have been, you know, kidnapped or something. We, we have those, we have those, those fears of when you do, of the unknown. It's not we're keeping tabs on our on our wives, and I have my wife call from time to time. Well, actually, and every day, I whenever I get to whenever I'm driving, I get to the place where I'm stopping for the night. I call her up and let her know where I'm at. That's called respect. You want have you want to have mutual respect. You want to if she's planning on going to go see her friend Sherry over in Lawton, Oklahoma. It's kind of a good thing to know. Hey, I'm going to be going to Lawton for about four days. Uh, so you're not going to be seeing me when you get home. Well, that's kind of a good thing to know instead of sitting there going guys who there are probably guys out there who don't care, but there are people who take it to the extreme. I've no, my, my son had a, had a girlfriend who had to know, had to be by his side at all times. He got fired from a job because she was wanting to be there and wait around while he worked. There are those who have that type of insecurity that, that do cause a problem, but it's not, it's not the type, it's not the type that they are insinuating as being aggressive or controlling. Now there were other types, uh, there are other suggestions or other, uh, points about, uh, about the, about the man box that were not actually listed in this, but are listed by other, other studies and, and other blog posts about it. And some of the other 
issues and problems that they brought up about were uh, were along the lines of boys take uh, are more likely to take risks and partake in risky behavior. And with that, yeah, you're right. Boys in around the 15 uh, from the about the 12 to 19 or actually about 12 to 25 uh, have more take more risks and do things that are are more risky and that ranges from seeing who can ride their bike fastest down the hill to trying something stupid like you know again strapping a, a themselves to a or sitting in a wagon and seeing if they can ride the 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 western flyer wagon down a hill they boys do things they had, they're adventurous they're inquisitive they're they're going to do things hey what happens if i jump off the roof with an umbrella can i float that's just that's in all reality that's actually just natural curiosity that is they're going to take those risks and taking those risks is actually a good thing because one it puts them in the in the realm of discomfort because yeah more times than not riding the western flyer down the way in a wagon or riding the Western Flyer wagon down a hill, if I can get it right. If I so, let's start with the simple words. You can, you're going to end up wiping out somewhere along the way. You're going to roll. You're going to get road rashes. You're going to you. You may chip a tooth. You may break an arm. All these are, te- are tendencies and uh, to happen when it comes comes with boys. Boys will be boys. When that phrase is being used, that's what they're meaning. They're going to do stupid shit. And because they are doing, they're out be, doing boy stuff. There are those out there who think that that's wrong and that they sh- boys should be uh, more careful. Well, I disagree. They need to get out and get into the realm of, of discomfort. They should live their lives dangerously. Let boys these days. We need to let our boys do dangerous stuff. Now, I'm not saying you know practice sword fighting with real swords but you know they've got sticks in their hands and they're playing uh, playing sword fights they're going to learn from that from sword fighting with sticks they're going to learn oh that's why you have hand guards because you're going to get your knuckles smacked with a stick if you don't oh that's why you don't ride a wagon down a hill because the steering is really wonky you make one little move and you make a really hard turn there's learning lessons, there's physics, and they learn about physics, and they learn about all different things, and they also gives them the opportunity for glory and to be accepted by their peers. And now, again, people want to go, well, that's a bad thing. They shouldn't be doing dangerous stuff to be accepted by their peers. That's what we're talking about. That's a dangerous thing. No, that's great. It teaches them that, to be secure in what their abilities are. If they try something and they fail, and they try it again, they fail. They might just go, you know what? You know, uh, I've tried jumping over this bar ditch four different times. My legs don't go fast enough. I I can't get my bike into the air far enough to clear this bar ditch. So obviously, I am not very good at uh, jumping bikes. That's a good thing that they learn. 
And the only way they're going to learn is not by having some adults lord over them going, you know, you're not good enough at jumping at this. That doesn't them no good whatsoever to be able to learn that to themselves, to let them figure it out, let them struggle is the most important part of letting a child grow up. Let them figure it out. Let them understand what they can and can't do because they're going to get the value that they need. While, while if you have teachers standing around going, you don't want to play dodgeball because you're going to hurt somebody. You're going to, you're going to make the other, the first kid out. He's going to feel bad. Well, it's also going to teach the kid who's the first kid out to learn how to duck faster too. There's a lot of advantages to, to competitions and boys thrive on competition. Girls thrive at competition. If it didn't, then there wouldn't be girl basketball. There wouldn't be the girl sports that are out there. Girls are just as competitive as boys. And that's one thing that a lot of people who are against masculinity don't understand. Boys do things and as a means of being and act more fearless than girls. And we encourage that. And that rightfully show so should be encouraged. Let them do things. Don't let them be their actions be controlled by fear because that does nothing but hold you back and keeps you small. We play to, uh, we play and have small ideas out of this fact that we are afraid. And even grown men today, we don't strive to the, to be, uh, to the most of our, uh, the most to our uh, capability because we are too afraid of what could possibly happen. And those could possibly happens very rarely ever actually happen. If you want to be successful, you're going to have to take risks and you can't take risk if you're playing it safe. Now, boys, they also say that, uh, they also say that, um, people, boy, men, Take the, the fact that we have to be successful way too seriously. No, actually, we have to be successful. Women have to be successful. If we don't have a sense of, uh, of being successful, then we're not going to be able to grow as a person. If we're like, you know, just sit right here in our, in our, in our house and be comfortable. That is the victim mindset actually talking. That is where a lot of the, a lot of the, 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 all the feminists who want to denigrate the, uh, the power of what masculinity is and the benefits that masculinity have. They are intimidated by the fact that men actually go out and take the action. They want to say, well, men will get more. Uh, get the higher paying jobs. And the reason why they get the higher paying jobs is because they ask for the higher paying jobs. They actually take the action. A lot of people want to play the victim and because of their virtuous thought of being a victim, thinks that they have the ability to get something just because they are the victim. And that's the worst reason of all to be given something is because just because you're a victim. No, if you're tired of being a victim, then stand up Dust your butt off and go at it like a man. It wouldn't hurt for women to 
you know, take some of the actions that men do. Yeah, it's kind of scary. It's out of your, it's out of your comfort zone. But guess what? If it works for men, if you want to get a higher paying job and you want to get, uh, become an executive, then you probably should look at the men and see what they're doing. And Chris, what, guess what? It's not them standing around grabbing their crotch and telling dirty jokes. They're going out there. They're not being offended at every damn drop of the hat. They look at the situation in a particular context, and when they see that there is an opportunity, they take it. They take the actions. But to be able to take the actions, to be able to get that, uh, to get that high-paying job, or to get that uh, that particular uh, beautiful woman, a man has to actually take the risk and the, have be vulnerable enough to go out and ask for it. Now, they also claim that uh, men engage in watching a whole lot more pornography. Now, with this part, that little line, I will actually agree. Men, we, we watch a heck of a lot more porn, and I'm actually coming to understand a little bit more that pornography can – well, I've known pornography can be a problem. But uh, psychologically, pornography can cause – is – causes other types of problems. And the biggest problem is just, it appears to be on a level of, of connection. And it's not because we're seeing a woman who is better looking than our wife. It is not because we're looking at a, looking at a man who has a bigger penis than we do. Uh, it's not even that. It's the fact that it's the instant. Well, it's not quite instant gratification, but the, but it gives you that that endorphin and serotonin bump that you're really wanting, and a lot of people will atone, uh, attribute that to you know uh, to some type of addiction. And I'm not at that level yet. I don't see that as being an addiction, um, but I have noticed that you look at the world differently when you cut porn out of your life now, and I've have recently actually done that myself. I had for the longest time had no problem looking at porn. I would look at it from time to time. It was, you know, it was, it was, it, it was some, something to do, but, and I would joke around with friends a lot of times because I, there's a couple of survey things that I take and uh, I do. And, uh, I, I would joke with them. I was like, well, the only thing that, uh, some of the, one of the surveys would do is just find out that I look at a lot of porn a lot. So, and it's not that I looked at it a lot, but it was on a weekly basis for, uh, for a while. It was, you know, might be two or three days in a row, but then it wouldn't be, I wouldn't look at it again till sometime the following week, but it was usually on a weekly basis. I was watching one or two, two, uh, pornographic clips and, I've realized since I've actually stopped watching uh, porn and been off, been away from looking at it and haven't looked at it in about a month now, that a lot of me looking at that porn is actually coming from a victim mindset. It's like, well, my wife is doesn't want to have sex, so I'm going to at least watch somebody else have some, you know. And it was because I was taking having that uh, that that victim mindset. And yes, I do suffer from victim mindset just as much as other people. I'm just, when I recognize it, I try, I 
I do my darndest to make sure I get uh, get uh, away from it. And with that, because I've stepped away from it, I kind of see I now see where that the victim mindset and the and the uh, illogical line of thinking that that victim mindset uh, plays plays in. So I'm kind of looking, starting to see a bit, not that there's an addiction because I, I, I don't see it as an, like I said, as an addiction yet, but why men turn to porn as, as boys, again, we're walking testosterone factories and we're not, we don't have a girlfriend or we're not even, uh, we're not even, uh, have enough self-confidence to walk up to a girl and go, Hey, how you doing? And try to get to know her. You're, we're too busy going, dude, they're going to see this boner in my pants. I better, I can't, I got to stand over here. Just don't, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look. You know, we're, we're just embarrassed of the changes that our bot own bodies are making. And, you know, we might must wake a little bit, you know, we've got all these, these, these barriers that, uh, that we have to overcome to be able to talk to talk to a girl. And from there, you've still got barriers that you have to deal with even before you get to the point to where you're actually kissing a girl or, or get even further getting, you know, the second base, third base, or even getting, having sex, uh, actually having sex. So there's a lot of barriers that we, you guys have to go through. And it is easier to not even face those barriers and to turn to, to, Pornography. Now, when I was growing up, it was Playboy and Penthouse. And so you read a lot of the Penthouse forums and the stories and things like that. And you looked at the Playboy centerfolds. And if you, if you came across, you know, like a hustler and you were like, Oh, you know, you've got all these, all these, um, it was all these different, you, you came across the, the, the secret stash that the older boys had. And, so when it came, when the internet came on and all of a sudden pornography is readily available and it's free, then yeah, it's guys have an easy access to not having to do the hard work of, of courting even your wife. Even if you're married, you still have to court her and you have to treat her like your girlfriend still. And you have to make her have to have that emotional connection to be able to still have sex. And if you don't, then it dwindles, it disappears, it dies off. And all of a sudden you're wondering, it's like, well, we haven't had sex in a year. Why is that? Or when guys start fretting and they're like, oh, well, I need to, uh, need to get, uh, get testosterone boosts and uh, shots and I need to get, you know, all this other stuff. And it's no, it's, there's mind games that you're playing with with yourself, and those mind games are keeping you from being able to fully connect and be present with the one you love, the one you said I do, and that you have spent 25 years with. Now, another one, uh, another uh, aspect is the emotionless. We're supposed to be emotionless. Well, no, we're not supposed to be emotionless. We're human beings. We're men. We have emotions. A lot of people who are emotionally uh, insecure will actually end up having uh, will strike out on the easiest emotions to have. Well, I'm going to rage and blah, somebody made me mad. Those are emotionally immature men. But when it comes to guys, we actually don't want to fly off the handle 
at every little thing that goes wrong. And when you're in the heat of a battle, there is a, you don't want to be gripped with fear. You have to fight the enemy. You have to do, you have to do what's needed of you and what's being asked of you. And if you are allowing emotions to run, run roughshod over you, you're not going to be able, you're going to wind up being dead. So there's a reason why men have a stoic side to them. Now, the problem that you have actually happens with both, uh, both sexes. And that is if uh, you don't address those emotions, you lead into actual addictions like, uh, like alcoholism, overeating, uh, illicit drugs, things like that, that actually are used to numb the emotions trying to be felt. So you have to process the emotions. Now you don't have to process them at that moment, but when you are in a place that you can process them, you should allow yourself to actually process those emotions. And so a lot of times, yeah, we're not going to sit there and freak out we're going to do what needs to be done. And though people around us want us to be, you know, dive into the, to the sloppy, messy, uh, disaster that is an emotional meltdown. When there's, it's, uh, it's not the time. And that's where we, a lot of men often get viewed as being, um, emotionally cold. And sometimes they are. Sometimes we just die. We, Keep the emotions dialed way, way down or, and because of that, we don't have the, the, the connections. And a lot of guys who don't have the connections wonder what's, what's wrong with them and what's, what's going on. Um, another problem that they say a lot of men have is actually on both sides. And that's, I have a higher mental problem with mental, mental health. I think a lot of it, I'm going to point fingers at this one. Because I, I believe that, uh, a lot of the mental health problems actually become from the outside influence, influences outside of the house. Uh, as boys grow up, that's, uh, it's the media, it's school, it's, um, a whole bunch of other things. Cause schools these days honestly treat boys as broken girls. They want them to just sit still, sit there and learn everything right then and there. Do not get up. Do not talk. Do not move. And for a boy, that is next to freaking impossible. That's the reason why recess is needed. And that's why you should have more recesses for boys. And if you want boys to really learn, get them outdoors to learn, get them to teach them the stuff hands-on, get them to where they're actually moving and doing stuff and being able to, to move. But because we are uh, now treat boys as if, and, and drug them up with, with uh, Ritalin and things like that is because they want to view them as if they are just broken girls. And there's a fundamental differences between both sexes. And if you don't address the strengths and you don't address boys properly, you're not going to have the, uh, you're not going to have the, a, a healthily balanced boy as you, as you want. And that boy is going to grow up into a man who still doesn't have that healthy balance. Um, I also blame a lot of our colleges these days for the suicide rates. And that's because they 
have decided to try to blur the line. Oh, we don't want men to be men. We don't want men to have masculinity. We want, if you want to be a boy one day and a girl the next and the next to the boy and next to a rhinoceros and a, and a unicorn and a butterfly and a fern and a tree and a house and a car on all the following days. Hey, you can. That's fine. That postmodern de- de- deconstructionism is a lot of it. There are reasons why we have social constructs and trying to ignore those social constructs just confuses people even more. And yes, I do believe a lot of people are just flat out confused. I'm not saying gay people are confused. I'm not saying, but people who want to be a uh, gender fluid, I have a hard time saying, saying that, oh, okay. Yeah. You, you're just. You're both sexes at once. And don't even go into the whole intersex uh, debate. That's, there are outliers. There are, there are extremes on both ends. Okay. We get that. But the fact that the schools are wanting to try to, to break down what masculinity is, I think is a, what a lot of the problem. Address men for being men. Don't address them as being, well, well, you're just, you're a horrible person. Well, guys are not going to, don't want to be viewed as a horrible, horrible creature because they were born that way. All right. We don't, we're not going to be viewed that. And that's, and when you're being viewed as being a horrible creature at all times because of something you have no control over and that being, being a man, then yeah, there's going to be Lots of depression. They may try to fit it, to fit themselves into being gender, uh, gender fluid and being a, a, being a unicorn one day. And then they wonder why they don't f- still don't feel complete. And that's because in all reality, you are a guy and you, they, a lot of them weren't given the ability to be or the opportunity, not the ability, the opportunity to learn how to be confident in who they are. Now, because we aren't being confident in who we are and teaching confidence is, is one of the reasons why they're also saying men are, or boys are more prone to being bullies. Well, I'm seeing a lot of girls who are being bullies and girls are just as ruthless as, and even more so when it comes to guys. Um, but again, this is where something parents could actually fix this problem really easily. And that would be if you were just, if you have a boy who is being, or girl, as a matter of fact, who is being bullied, get them into martial arts, get them into doing karate, taekwondo, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, judo, whatever. Get them into that because that teaches them several different things. One, discipline, but also gives them the confidence as they work their way up the different belt levels. To, that gives them the discipline and the, for use, or because of the discipline, they they build the confidence. And when someone, and they, they will be confident enough that when some bully comes up and wants to try to poke them in the chest because they're this little skinny kid, that bully will wonder what in the hell happened when they get socked in the nose. Now, the schools again are the problem because they don't address the actual problem. When all of a sudden a boy stands, uh, who's being bullied stands up to himself and just socks the kid in the nose. All of a sudden they're kicked out of the school because they were fighting 
And that's where parents actually have to come into play. Instead of wonder, going, oh, my boy is, is perfect and, and coming into, into, to the defense all the time. There's an overdoing of that. But at the same time, there is not enough times where the parents are going, you know what? It's okay, son. You got suspended from school. Support the the child because he did do the right thing and support him and go, dude, you defended yourself. They, they told you you can't go to school for two months. Okay. Well, we'll homeschool you until then. There's solutions to that. And you will let them know that, yeah, there are ramifications for doing what's right. And if you do those ram, and if you, you accept those ramifications, you will be stronger, more confident, and you can still when you go back into school, hold yourself high and you can keep that chin up because you know what you did was right. Now, I wanted to also address real quickly, and wow, we've almost got a two-hour discussion going on here. I knew this was going to be a long one. What are men in reality? What do we do? Well, we're all, we have aspects of all those seven pillars, but what we actually – those seven pillars are and why we are take, uh, take risks and all that is because we protect those who are close to us. There are times that yes, we have to get aggressive. There are times we have to use even deadly force on someone because they have invaded our home. There are times and places for everything and we have to protect those closest to us. And that might mean we have to punch somebody in the face. That might mean we have to use, have a, use a gun to protect our castle. So we protect. We also serve. We serve our communities. And those serving the communities also means we may have a business. I serve the community by helping men to have a stronger connection with their sons. Men also provide for their family. And that goes back to the we men are typically the breadwinner. We go out, we make the money, we bring it home. And it's not that we then lord over the money because 90% of the time we'll hand the money over to the wife and go, Hey, this is what I made. This is what I made for you today. And we hand it to our wives and she takes it and she may go off and spend the money or you may. And when I say spend the money, I mean, spend it on the bills and things like that, buying the food. And, or it may just, or it may be where the husband and wife sit down and they do the budget together and there's ways that they do that. But they, either way, the man brings home, brings, provides for the family. That is one of our social constructs that I believe is actually right. So, but life is messy. And in the end, I, I would have to say at the end of Tony's uh, TED talk, Tony, uh, with Tony Porter, the the guy who was talking about it at the beginning, all two hours ago, talked about it, and or actually, I think I'm going to divide this up. This will actually be two one hour episodes. And then I'm thinking about this, so uh, you'll. But at the, uh, I agree with Tony at the end of his TED talk, and that because in all reality. Um, that's why I, I'm doing this site is because uh, men helping men to understand what those emotions are, because we aren't taught what our emotions are in school. Girls aren't taught nor are guys, but girls 
inherently have a habit of talking about their emotions a lot more. Men, we do, we're not emotionless beings. We have emotions. We, we share those emotions with those closest to us. We do talk about our emotions. We talk about when we're scared to, to take a leap. And we talk about those, those fears and those apprehensions and those anxiety, the anxiety that we have in the proper settings that, and that's what we do. Like with, uh, with coaching and, or, uh, not coaching with, uh, with the mastermind. If you're having problems, one of the problem things you're going to have to do is you're going to have to start talking about, Hey, dude, I'm, I can't do this. I am scared to death to, to, to leave my, to leave my business to start this, start this job. If you have to be starting a job, I'm scared to death of doing, being able to do that. Well, that's good. You should talk about that. You have you, to be able to fully process an emotion. You have to get it out. You have to talk about it. You, whether it's even just to yourself. But a lot of times, if you have a sounding board, a, a person, maybe it is a coach, maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's a men's group, like uh, the conclave of men. These things help you to be able to process that information and to make a proper decision. But you, to be able to do so, you have to you have to understand that what different emotions are. It's not just happy, sad, angry. We have, and we're beyond just those types of emotions. There's all those fine, t- finer emotions of sad. There's anxiety. There's, there's uh melancholy, you know, all these different emotions. And it's okay. Um, he, Tony states this, and this is what I'm agreeing with. It is okay to not be dominating. It's okay to have feelings and emotions. It's okay to promote equality. It is okay to have women who are just friends. And it is okay to be whole. That statement there, you miss if you end up just tuning out of the uh, out of the video at at the beginning. And at the end, that's what I'm wanting to try to promote. It's and it's not that we're not men are not inherently equal, but we all are in the same boat. We all are having, we all have problems where our sons are, we don't have the connection to the son that we most absolutely desire to have. We don't have the connection with our daughters that we most, uh, most desperately want to have. We don't have the connections with our wives that we most desperately want to have. And sometimes we screw up and we have to be okay with the feelings and the emotions of screwing up. We have to be okay with the fact that we're going to be going at things wrong. Sometimes we do go at something like a bull in a china shop when it's better to be a cat slinking in between the plates. And it's okay if we, if we have the, uh, if we have the, the wrong thoughts because we are, Men, we have, we have our certain sets of flaws. Same as women, they have a certain set of flaws with our, our shortcomings. And when you have a man and a woman together, that's one reason why I have started talking to my son a bit about marriage. And because I know that his last, his last full girlfriend, the chaos machine that, that is out, that he dated for a while really kind of wigged him out a bit is and that yeah 
marriage is difficult. You're going to have those hard discussions. You're going to have those hard talks. You're going to, your son's going to drive you up the damn wall. We joke around so many times that our kids are, are giving us gray hair. In all reality, that getting that gray hair is such a, a sign of, of a, of a, of a milestone, the signs of respect and the signs of maturity. And that, yeah, we, we joke and that's how men handle a lot of stressful items is we, we joke with each other. And that's something a lot of people don't, a lot of uh, the feminists don't understand is we make dark jokes. We make, uh, very, very inappropriate humor at inappropriate times. We, these are, these are things that make men, men and, we are, we are proud to be men. We are glad to be men. And I am glad to be a man. And I'm glad that you, being a man, are listening to this show. And if you want to be able to figure out what's going on in with yourself and what's uh, why you're having trouble connecting with your son, we, I have, I'm off, I've got several different uh, packages that are available that uh, I can offer you and you can decide where, uh, how you want to address. I mean, I've got things from just a little simple package uh, that, that allows you to be able to, to start getting yourself down the road, little three month package up to year long packages. And I've even got a package that at the end of it, we can, you and your son and us can all get together, go out on a camping trip and have a session, a deep, dedicated session of being able to see where things are, are off Kelter off track and, uh, and how we can get ourselves back on to get you two back onto track so that y'all are working as the, the team as y'all, y'all, as you originally dreamt of doing. Uh, we also have, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways that you can, Become the man that you are wanting to be. And it's okay. Pursue being the best man possible because that's what we are out to actually do. All right. So thanks for sitting through this incredibly long two hour, well, two episode, uh, uh, two part episode. And we're okay. All right. You're going to hear people complain about being in your being in the man box and just be okay with that. Go, yeah, proud of it too. It takes that power away from them. We're not going to be victims. We're not ever have been victims. And talking through this and writing out this, I realized that that's what I was wanting to look at this as, as people attacking the, the power of masculinity. And in all reality, no, it's, they are afraid. They're, the reason why they're attacking masculinity is because they are afraid of what's in themselves. And so we can become stronger. We become, can become better and we can become even more masculine than before. And we can embrace that masculinity and be proud of it. So anyhow, thank you for listening. If you are made it through both of these episodes, dude, Bravo. I applaud you because wow. Um, take, if you share this out, if you are come across somebody who is maybe facing a, a case of, of man box, which, 
or find, think that they're or being told that they're being in a man box or that they're d- exhibiting massive amounts of toxic masculinity, share these two episodes out with them and, um, and let them know that, dude, there's, there's a place that you can go that you don't have to worry about being called a man and be called that as, as something that is, a, as a, that's a shameful, uh, Part. If you happen to have a know of a of a college student who is struggling with with the uh, with being a, being a a man in in society and sees that uh, can't quite understand why everybody thinks men are horrible, share this with them. Share this this podcast with them. You share it out. Let people know. Give this to the to people who you believe it would benefit. You don't have to use it as a as a tool going, see, I'm right. This is well, what he thinks. You're not going to convince anybody different. If they believe that men are horrible, terrible, awful uh, creatures, no matter what you show to them, it's going to be the case. But if you stand on your foundation, stand on your beliefs, and stand strong on those and don't waver, you actually build the the integrity and the respect that you actually, de- actually desire and deserve. All right? So thanks for listening. If you are a uh, Apple Podcast listener, please go over to uh, to the Apple Podcast app, rate this uh, this podcast, and give it uh, um, and give it a review. This will isn't helping me get up in the uh, ranks more, but it gives social proof that there that uh, this show is actually really good and allows for people to 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 be allows people to see it more and because uh, what actually gets us up in the ranks better uh, higher is the number of subscriptions that we have at one time. If you are listening to this on any other podcast uh, tr- catcher out there, you can go over to relaxedmail.com forward slash pod chaser. And that's P O D C H A S E R. And you can, uh, that will take you over to the, the relaxed mail pod chaser page and there you can rate and review. And I would love to have some rate ratings and reviews there. I think pod chaser is doing an incredible job of being kind of the IMDB of, of podcasting. And I think it would do us all a, uh, do us all, uh, a great service in the world of podcasting and for podcast listeners, if they were people to start going to pod chaser more and using that as a, uh, as a means to being able to see, is this, is this a good enough show? Because from there you can subscribe to Apple and Google and, and everything. So, and if you would like to subscribe to this podcast and you're just listening to it, uh, through the phone, maybe someone sent you this, uh, this MP3, you can actually go to relaxedmail.com forward slash subscribe. And I will give you a whole slew of ways that you can uh, subscribe. I have got everything. We just added another, uh, another app, uh, to the, to the, uh, to the mix. And it is actually called, uh, good pods and it's uh it's interesting it's kind of they're calling themselves a social media of podcasting so I've, there's been a couple of those around but you know if you're if you use go good pods you can actually click that link and it will take you to uh to my landing page on the app and uh, you can subscribe there and listen to the podcast from that so all right so i have talked long enough we have claw across the two hour mark according to this been a heck of a talking marathon i need a drink and so i'm gonna let you go guys 
Take care, stand strong, and we will talk to you next week. Till then, bye.